Yeah, in my personal record book, if this makes Pittsburgh, the Steelers, the fans of the Steelers, you, uh, if it makes everyone feel better, in my own personal record book, uh, the Steelers won that game, the Patriots lost, and that means the Steelers are on track to be the one seed in the AFC. <laughs> the Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. In my own personal record book, I am now part of the Dan Levitard Show with Stu Gotts. Stu and I are buds, man. Really great friends. He loved coming on with us. That's what we found out today, right? That's what we found out today on the Dan Levitard Show, right? That's what we found out today on the Dan Levitard Show, right? The Crowley Show is currently experiencing technical difficulties. That's what we found out today on the Dan Levitard Show, right? The Crowley Show is currently Stugatz is tired of like talking to the Pittsburgh affiliate. All his dreams are coming true, and Stugatz is driving he's, home at 2.30. He's like, another one of these. Like, Be careful what you wish for, man. It isn't my mistake. I called him Friday, did the Pittsburgh affiliate, and I told him if the Steelers lose the game because I predicted them to win by 10, I said, if they lose the game, you can have me back on on Monday, and everyone can get mad at me and not get mad at you. And I forgot I said that. And so Monday I was driving home, and lo and behold, my phone rang. I'm telling you, man. These affiliate hits. <laughs> I mean, I'm doing thousands of them. Are you done with it? Are you done with it? Are you finished with the affiliate <laughs> hits? I think I got one today. <laughs> I Mike, can you help me out with this, please? Stugatz, it's all his dreams are coming true, and Stugatz doesn't want any of it. He's complaining about having to do Mike and well, I want the money. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I want mean. the right. <laughs> Love you, 970 ESPN. It's it's Adam a, Crowley, I think it is. He's a good guy. He really is. He's a good host. I enjoyed it, you know, and now we're talking about a weekly spot on the show. And I'm just telling Adam, I better be paid. I'm a great guy. Freebies are over. I'm a great host. Freebies are over. So here's what we've done here on the Crowley Show. Here's what we've done. I set up a GoFundMe account. <laughs> www.gofundme.com backslash get Stu Gotts on the Crowley Show. The goal is $500. We've got 75 right now. Now, unfortunately, some of that money's for me. Some of that money's from a giggling Brian. Some of that money's from Braden, who is our P1. Very so good, thank Braden. you, Braden. Thank you, Braden. Braden gets the show. We really love Braden. So thank you. Merry Christmas to us from Braden. 25 bucks. Man, you can get couple of cases of Natty Ice for that? Yeah. I'll tell you. You can have a good night. You can have a good night. See, the question now is how long, how much are we being charged a minute to have Stu Gotts on? Like, it, it depend. I mean, could we theoretically have him on for a week if we get enough money? How cheap is he? That's the thing. That's the question. How much do we have to pay him to come back on the show? I, I feel like 75 is enough for at least an appearance again. For 15 minutes with... A great guy and a great host like me, I think it'll work. So here's what I need from you, listening audience. $2, $3, whatever. <laughs> Go to my Twitter account, at underscore Adam Crowley, and pledge a few bucks to the GoFundMe account. And here's what we're going to do. We'll donate some of it to charity. Okay. We'll donate some of it to charity. That way it's a good cause. If we make our goal of 500 we'll only use like 250 of it to get guts. See, I feel like you ha you make more money if you add like a thon to the end of it, so it's got to be like the Stugatz-a-thon. 
I want it to be the Crowley Show a thon. You want the Crowley? Yeah, enough with these national guys getting all the credit, okay? I did. I texted Stu Gotts today and I said, Jack's in the mail, man. And he said, Ha, little national love. And then I wished him a good break because I'm that awkward person who doesn't know when to stop texting. It's like it's like Stu and I went on three dates and he's trying to push himself away from me and I just won't let him go. I'm trying to reel him back in. That's what's going on. I love that guy, though. But here's the reality. He totally bitched to Levitard. Like, man, this Pittsburgh affiliate's killing me. Because on Friday, we got him. He said, reach out to me Monday. So we did in the morning. He didn't answer. So then I did in the morning. He didn't reply. He eventually replied, said, hey, John Skipper, ESPN's president, resigned. Busy day, tough day, not going to be able to do it. Rain check for tomorrow. So then on Tuesday, hadn't heard from him all day. He calls us at 3.30 and says, I'll tape with you right now. So we did. But we've taken up a considerable amount of this man's time. Yes. And he joined us in training camp, too. So 45 or so minutes of Stu Gotts' time has been spent with us, and not one dollar has been given to him. And I feel like, you know, we got him working for cheap. He's basically an illegal alien, <laughs> and he's doing work. He's making our show better, and yet we are not giving him the money he deserves. He definitely deserves he it because he does bring the mark up whenever he's on the show. And, and the thing with Stu is, like, He's like our kind of people, you know, and we were really actually, we had talks, you, me, Joe, Tom, all of us talked about not overdoing it with him because we, we couldn't even give you his number over the weekend. I was going to drunk text him. You would have. You absolutely would have drunk texted Stugatz. So we were very cognizant of not trying to be pest to him, but we were a pest. Well, Clearly. apparently we were pests. Yeah, so I, I think it's only fair. I think this is good. I've given. Uh, Tom has not given yet, um, which I'm keeping an eye on all of our employees. I will hold it against every one of them who do not give because I mean, this is for the station. This is better for all of us. This is better got, for Pittsburgh. It is better for Pittsburgh. It's good for the station. It's good for the show. And, frankly, Tom, we got this guy hired. I knew him. I mean, his resume is sitting on my desk for like months and months and months. And I mean, he was bothering me, the text he was sending, the emails. I mean, can you please just get my resume across? And then we finally did, and then you hired him. And the least we could ask is Tom throws a couple of couple of nickels in. Yeah, at least. At huh? least. We need a goal for the end of the show, right? So we want 500 overall. We're at 75 right now. That's only five people who have donated. <laughs> Because I realize it's the holiday season. You see all the people jingling their bells outside of supermarkets. Uh, you think about the people who don't have things at Christmas. And you might not think this is a worthwhile cause. But it is. Trust me. Because it's good for me. Well, here's another angle on it. Spirits will be lifted by Stugatz being on this That's program. True. This is a happy time of the year. Sometimes it's a little hard on folks. What we're providing is entertainment. entertainment. We're bringing, we're bringing humor. We're bringing... Content, knowledge to the people through Stu Gotts. So this is a Christmas miracle, really, if you break it down. The Christmas miracle is that you eventually found the word content. Yeah, it took you a second there. It took you a second to find the word content. And I think it's because you didn't believe what was actually coming out of your mouth. I believed every word of it. Come on, everything I say is true. Joe, uh, if you've got the audio one more time, just Stu Gotts and Dan Lebetard today talking about this radio station and this radio show and yours truly. Stugatz is tired of like talking to the Pittsburgh affiliate. All his dreams are coming true, and Stugatz is driving yes. home at 2.30. He's like, another one of these. 
Like, be careful what you wish for, man. It isn't my mistake. I called them Friday, did the Pittsburgh affiliate, and I told them if the Steelers lose the game because I predicted them to win by 10, I said if they lose the game, you can have me back on on Monday and everyone can get mad at me and not get mad at you. And I forgot I said that. And so Monday I was driving home, and lo and behold, my phone rang. I'm telling you, man. These affiliate hits. I mean, I'm doing thousands of them. Are you done with it? Are you done with it? Are you finished with the affiliate hits? <laughs> I think I got one today. <laughs> I Mike, can you help me out with this, please? Stugatz, it's all his dreams are coming true, and Stugatz doesn't want any of it. He's complaining about having to do Mike and Well, I want the money. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the right. <laughs> Love you, 970 ESPN. It's just, Adam Crowley, I think it is. He's a good guy. He really is. He's a good host. I enjoyed it, you know, and now we're talking about a weekly spot on the show. And I'm just telling Adam, I better be picked. Freebies are over. <laughs> He's the man. But here's the thing that Brian said to me this morning whenever I forwarded him the video and the audio. He said, dude, I've heard you bitch about the same thing. Yeah, you have. You've done the same thing. Specifically, it was Cincy Week. And you're like, oh, man, i got to do this damn hit on Cincinnati. I don't have time for this. You're walking down the hall. And see, that's why I say Stu Gotts is our people. Because we get what he's saying. Like, we've had these conversations. It's like, oh, man, do we really want to do this extra stuff? In the end, it's fun work, and it is good. But it, tell you the truth, in the future, Cincinnati should probably get a GoFundMe page to get Adam Crowley. They should. On, they know? should. I'm not going to do these hits for free, Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah. yeah, freebies are over. Every time the Steelers pay the, play the Bengals, they Freudian, pay. Every time the Steelers play the Bengals, hey, Crowley, can you do a hit? Okay, how about for our afternoon show, too? Well, you know what? No. Stu's putting a foot down. We're putting a foot down, too. And, in fact, I got asked to do Dorian Mel, the uh, national show. It used to be on Saturdays. I actually think Stu got his show uh, now. It's on in his place. Yeah, yeah, it is. is. Uh, And they asked me to come on, and I went on. But it was my weekend morning. I was hungover as all get out. I didn't want to be doing that, but I did. And next time I'm saying pay me. I mean, Dorian Mel? No one listens to them, Dari and Mel. I mean, that's why they're not there anymore. You're nothing. You're doing nothing but lifting that program up. I was. And Brian said, man, I was listening to this guy on Dari and Mel, and he sounded real good. He was real concise. I did. And then you found out it was me. Like, that can't be yeah. true. I really, I, man, I heard Steelers, and I did. I was listening, and I was like, wow, this guy's pretty good. Because their processing is different than ours, so your voice sounds different it on does. the national level. It sounded good. And then I realized it was you. I was like, oh, no, I know that guy. He's a future annoyer of Stu Gotts right there. It is. I am. And here's what we got to do. Here's what needs to happen. We need to get Mike Golick Jr. on the show next. And then I need to befriend him or annoy him the way that I have done with Stu Gotts. And then maybe they ask me to come on Weekend Observations, the show that they do on Sunday mornings. There you go. That's the next goal. I mean, are freebies over for that if they bring you on that? Are you asking for a paycheck? Yeah, freebies are not over. Uh, I will do that one for free. I'll do that one for free. You know what? I'll do that in exchange for God's coming on again. Ooh, little barter. By the way, we just got another $15 donation. Yes, all right, yeah. guys. Look now, at that, Team Crowley. It is. Team Crowley cares, and it was anonymous, so thank you to uh, to whoever did that. Probably Levitard. It's probably Levitard. <laughs> Dan Levitard's like, get Stu away from me. Yeah, he's get pay- out of my ear. He's paying to get him out of there? Yeah. <laughs> Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four is the number to call. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. A lot of great sports stuff to get to today, I suppose. The Penguins play tonight. We're at Buford's Kitchen, Terrace on 5th, right across the street from PPG Paints Arena. Come on by, get some Bud Lights. I know I'm going to have a couple because I'm a huge national radio guy now. We'll talk about that 
briefly. We got Jerry Dulac coming on at 4:45. He's had his run in with the Levitard show. I don't think they like him very much, but we'll have Jerry on at 4:45. Coming up in the next segment, though. If you missed the alien talk, we got it for you. We got Ralph Blumenthal from the New York Times to tell us what happened at the Pentagon. 4129222874. Okay. Back to the real stuff though. Back to the meat. What what what's our goal? Like we need a goal. Well, we're set at 500 on uh GoFundMe, but I think by the end of the show today we sh- probably should have is is setting it at half? Is that too high? 250? I was going to go 150. I was going to okay, go 150. 150 sounds good. I mean, we're at 90. I 90 already. And here's here's what we'll do. Here's what we'll do. If we can get to 150, we'll give 50 of it to a charity. Okay. What charity should we give it to? I like animals, but PETA commercials scare me, so I don't want them to make more of those commercials. Yeah, they do scare me. Yeah, I don't uh, want that. Yeah, I like animals, too. How, childhood cancer. Everyone hates childhood yep. cancer. We could do something like that. How's that sound? There okay. So if we get to 150, we'll donate 50 of it to childhood cancer, and the other 100 goes right into the pocket of a guy who's probably making a lot more money than anybody listening to the show right now. But again, we're not going to hold it against him because he is bringing cheer to the Pittsburgh area. That's true. People are happy when he comes on. I'd pay to have Stu Gotts, like, in my house. I really would. Like, if there was an appearance fee that I could afford, like, you know, I don't know what it would be. Like, hey, Stu, come to my party and hang out. I'd probably pay him. Sounds a lot like prostitution. Well, we'd stop short at, like, cake and ice cream. We wouldn't go any further. Okay. You know what I did? You know what I did? Tell me if this is dweeby or not. I already know the answer. And now I feel worse about it. If you ask. (laughs) I feel worse about it because of what we heard. At the end of our taped interview, I said, Hey man, if you're ever in the Pittsburgh area, you did I that. did that guy. I did that move, man. That was, I was awkward. that guy. That was weird guy talking to hot chick territory. Yeah. You know what I you mean? You were like, sitting in there for that, right? Yeah, was it was it awkward. It was awkward time? when you yeah. did. Yeah, it really was. Because yeah. you're like, hey man, beers. And he kind of did like the polite thing. Like, yeah, never. Yeah. He didn't say never, yeah. but in the tone of his voice, it was like, if I'm ever in Pittsburgh, I'm turning my phone off so yeah. you don't ask me it's to go done. to beers. He probably blocked me already. Yeah. I wished him a happy holiday. Well, now he's a, now it's a payday, so he may, he may be a little That's more true. excited to hang around. That's true. Money for beers with Stugatz. <laughs> How about that? I guess the end game here, like what after after we get him paid, like we got to get him here for an appearance. Like we got to get Stugatz into town to hang out at a bar with the listeners. Everybody, come on down. And hang out. That's what I would really like to do. I'd like to do that too, but I don't I, know how much that would be. More than five hundred. Yeah, probably. Flight. I have to get him a nice hotel room. No, you can stay with us. Crowley, see, there you go. Again. He wants to hang out. There with you me. go. Again. I, I have you a feeling. Can, can, I can sense that we're going to be great friends. You can have my bed, Stu. You can sleep with my wife. Up next, <laughs> Ralph Blumenthal, Crowley Show. Do they think that it is? They being the people who work in the department. I understand that they they put the money into the department, the $22 million, to try to figure that out. But what's the hypothesis there? Well, you know what? They're very careful, and we were careful in the New York Times. Uh, no one is speculating because, as they told us, uh, it's hard enough to figure out what these objects are without taking it to the next step. They don't have data on, you know, where they come from or, who, you know, who's, uh, what the intelligence is. Uh, first, they're trying to find out, you know, uh, their physical properties. Do they even exist physically? Uh, how are they able to maintain, you know, keep up these tremendous uh, hypervelocities 
hover without, you know, visible means of propulsion, turn invisible at times. That's keeping them, them busy uh, before they figure out, you know, uh, where they come from and, and who's, who's running them. According to your reporting, the first sighting was 2004, or was it before that? Well, um, that was one they got on video. Uh, which makes it very interesting. I mean, these sightings have been going on for, you know, since time immemorial, actually, and the government has investigated these, you know, back for many, many decades. But uh, this program started in 2007, and uh, they did study this one encounter a few years earlier. Uh, There was an aircraft carrier group off San Diego in 2004, the USS Nimitz, and objects were spotted um, hovering around or flying around the atmosphere not too far from this carrier group, and they scrambled two uh, fighter jets, and these jets had encounters with um, some of these objects, uh, which uh, and, and we have the videos up on, on our website. Ralph, uh, with these guys, so in the past, you go back to pilots like in World War II, you read stuff where a lot of them, they're a little reluctant to admit things like this, to see things like that. Do you, do you get any sense from these guys that as we go along the way, everything's integrated? You know, you have live kind of uh, live communication as it's going, live video. Do you think more of this stuff is going to pop up as it goes along? Yeah, you know, that's, you raise a very interesting point. Uh, there, there, there is a ridicule factor where pilots are afraid to report this. Uh, airline pilots have been instructed, you know, not to report these things because it calls, supposedly calls their sanity into question. Um, but now in an age where, you know, the, the videos have become, you know, really uh, sophisticated, um, I think you will see more of this. And um, um, uh, I think there's a chance now that, you know, the, the science is based on, on videos like this because for the first time they can – they can do analysis of speed and, and distance and um, the, the auras. The New York Times headline said, you know, um, these auras that are uh, around these, these objects, which is very interesting. We don't know what that means. The scientists think it has something to do with their, you know, their, their power, uh, their propulsion system or whatever. They don't know, but there, there is this glowing aura around them, and that's showing up on the videos. And so I mean, definitely it'll, it'll help. So with these military guys, I mean, there, there's obviously, well, probably two things they're thinking right here. First and foremost, they probably have to think, like, logically some sort of next-gen weapon or aircraft from another country. Uh, I mean, if you're thinking about it logically. And then secondly, I mean, you don't know where to go. It's an unidentified flying object. But is, is there kind of worry that maybe this could be a next-gen uh, weapon from another government? Yeah, I mean, the program was called, you know, Advanced Aerospace, uh, you know, Threat Identification Program. So they got the money on the idea that they were going to identify aerial threats. And the the most obvious aerial threat would be from an earthly adversary. But the more that, you know, the the contractors look into this, uh, the the harder they they found it to, you know, pin this on any other country on Earth. Uh, If if the Russians or the Chinese or any other country had... craft like this or objects like this with these aerodynamics, they said, we would probably know about it. It's just, it represents speeds and maneuverability um, uh, that doesn't exist on this planet. That's what they keep coming back to. So, yeah, the first thought was, yeah, is this, is this an adversarial, you know, craft of some, of some kind? But um, they've, they've pretty much ruled that out. 
given the speed and maneuverability of these crafts, do they believe these crafts to be piloted? Well, you know, they seem to be, uh, you know, that's another good question. They're not random. I mean, they're not flying around at random. They seem to be uh, flying in, in some patterns. They, uh, they approach our aircraft, then they fly away. Um, so there does seem to be some, you know, deliberate movement, you know, to, to them. And, you know, from that you could probably extrapolate, well, then somebody has to be doing that movement. But they haven't gotten to that point. They, they just don't know. I mean, there's also a question that some of these craft might be remotely controlled. They might be, you know, belong to a, a larger craft. Um, there's some, you know, suggestion in the in the reports that uh, uh, some of them throw off smaller craft or so. But uh, either way, it, it, you know, they, they just don't know. It, they're not random, that's for sure. Ralph Blumenthal from the New York Times joining us here on the Crowley Show. Now that there's not going to be money going into uh, this project what do they do from here where does where do they go from here well the defense department told us that the program shut down in 2012 after the funding ran out after five years uh, our reporting suggests that it, the program continued uh, and it continues to this very day um, they have um, partnered with different uh, other agencies like the navy and the cia to keep it going, um, but they have to make some decisions uh, at the Pentagon. You would think uh, whether to uh, expand this program, continue it, uh, you know, renew the funding. And the um, director who we interviewed, um, who resigned, uh, resigned. He said in, in his letter uh, because of um, the lack of funding and lack of support and opposition in within the Pentagon. So. Now that we've laid this on the table, you would think uh, some people in the Pentagon would be trying to figure out, well, what do we do now? Is there an Area 51 type place? And obviously not maybe necessarily the way that everyone thinks of it with aliens or anything like that in there. But uh, is there an area where they have pieces of these crafts or, or anything that they could be examining? Well, we reported, uh, really, I think it was one of the more dramatic disclosures in our story, uh, that uh, the program um, has recovered or is in possession of uh, materials, is the way we were told, uh, materials from some of these objects. Um, how much they have and where it is, we don't know. But, um, uh, you know, contractors have been studying these materials they believe have been recovered. Where they're doing this again, as I said, we, we don't know. There's various research facilities. But that in itself would be a tremendous breakthrough if they have something physical uh, that they can study. I mean, that opens it up to a crazy place there. I mean, if there's physical things, and I, I believe it's like some sort of weird alloy that alloy that's been, they can't exactly figure out where it's from. I mean, that opens up a whole weird possibility. It sure where, does. Uh, it sure does. And, you know, the first thing they're trying to figure out is, uh, whether it resembles anything on Earth and, and what it's, you know, similar to. Um, so, you know, we don't have enough reporting yet to know what, you know, where they're going on this, but we think it's, it's significant enough to, to report that, you know, they have what they believe is materials. Um, but, uh, you know, more than that, uh, we don't know yet. Have you found this to be... One of the more interesting stories that you've reported on in your uh, long career here. I mean, my God, you gotta be kidding. This story is amazing because, first of all, 
it has dominated, you know, the New York Times metrics. Uh, it's been the most viewed, most emailed, you know, most page views in a long time. Um, I'm not saying it's the most because there's some other big stories, obviously, but it, it has captured interest like, you know, nothing else uh, in a long time because the, the public is fascinated. And, you know, we like to think that we have taken it out of the realm of mythology and, and given it a kind of a hard, you know, news substance. And that's what we do. You know, we're, we're, I'm an investigative reporter. This is not um, fiction, uh, science fiction. We have, um, you know, at least determined that a, the Pentagon took it seriously. They've made some, you know, findings, uh, preliminary findings that these things are worth studying. Um, they have some kind of an existence that is captured on video. So uh, that's kind of a breakthrough. And, Ralph, the thing that stuck out to me here is, like, you know, you go through this and you, you see people with cell phone videos, grainy stuff, things like that. But this is this is surveillance from an F-18, probably the most advanced fighter jet we have, with some of the most advanced radar and, and tracking technology that that we can come up with. And, and there it is. I mean, they're following this thing. Yeah, and, you know, people have remarked that even those pictures are not so great. So, you know, what's up with that? I mean, even with their gun, gun side cameras and all that, and their sophisticated, you know, the most sophisticated, you know, video technology, they're not coming up with, with really clear pictures because these objects seem to defy um, recording in some way. Uh, that's part of their, their mystery. They're, there's some aura around them or so that seems to prevent them from being uh, easily uh, photographed or, you know, recorded. Sometimes they're in on radar sometimes they're not um so uh, that's interesting and you know sure in an age of video cameras everyone's got a camera and there have been pictures of ufos taken with film cameras uh some of them are hoaxes um some are unexplained um but um but this is as good as it gets in terms of a video they call that a cloaking device on star trek yeah. <laughs> well they have something uh these things and again we don't know what that is and uh uh, it, that's one of the things scientists and contractors on the program would like to find out. They'd like to duplicate it. Ralph, how did they acquire the alloy? How did they find uh -oh. the piece of this craft? We don't know. We okay. don't know whether okay. they picked it up. Uh, it, 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 our reporting has not gotten to that point. It's very difficult, as you can imagine. No kidding. Well, is it possible? I mean, uh, this would be speculation, so obviously if you if you can't answer, but I mean, is it possible that they've engaged in any type of combat with these things? Well, there have been reports, not not in you know the New York Times, but if you look in the you know the literature, uh, there have been um, cases of, of military aircraft firing at these objects, um, deeming them hostile, and uh, usually to no effect. Um, uh, for some reason, they seem to deflect uh, you know um, armament. Um, I'm not in saying that we found that, and, and the program hasn't found that, but if you look. At the reports um, that that has come up, um, so you know um, you can't say any of these things were shot down. You know, no one knows that. I mean, that has never been authenticated. So where this material comes from, how they got it, I don't know. This is an ongoing story, like you've mentioned. I mean, you continue to uh, look into this, yes. Absolutely, absolutely, but it's not easy. I mean, no. you know, uh, uh, especially now that it's come out, some people are, you know, scared of talking, uh, you know, sources have dried up. Uh, 
But uh, yeah, we're we're continuing our our look at this. Twenty two million dollars. That's not a lot of money, you know. I know it's I mean, not a lot of money, but it does it validate it validates the the the, the, con, the level of concern here, though, to some extent. Well, it does. I mean, it's a serious amount of money for for some investigation. But I mean, the Pentagon budget is six hundred right. you know, fifty billion, um, and this is not twenty two million a year. This is twenty two right. million total. So you know, four and a half million dollars a year, or whatever. Uh, but. Um, uh, that can do some, you know, some good. I mean, that money, uh, the contractors were paid, and um, um, you know, they they could do some research. Uh, um, but considering the enormity of the of the uh, issue, uh, you would think that it might be worthy of, uh, of a bigger commitment, like our entire defense budget. <laughs> well. Ralph, we really appreciate the time. Uh, the work was uh, obviously outstanding, and uh, we hope uh, and pray that you continue to uh, get people to talk on this story because it is incredibly fascinating. Well, we're on the case, and thank you so much. Hey, thanks a lot, Ralph. Take care now. Okay. And may God be with oh. you. Blumenthal. Not from the trip. Not from the Post-Gazette. Not from the... Latro Bulletin, no, from the New York Times. Appreciate his time on what could be no hyperbole. We don't do hyperbole on this show. Never, 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 never. The biggest story of all time. Actually, the biggest story of all time is the guy who has the 18.9-inch penis who is now on disability. What a shame. Uh, There's no easy way to transition here. Uh, I have an idea of what Jerry's probably working with, but uh, Jerry Dulac joins us next from the Steelers Radio Network. It's a Crowley Show. I was so excited about the Levitard Show stuff that I failed to mention that at 520, we've got former Steelers kicker and all-around tremendous human being, Jeff Reed. Do not miss that 520. Jeff Reed right here on the Crowley Show. Right now, though, Jerry Dulac... Sponsored by Coors Light, proudly served at the Carson City Saloon on the south side, featuring $5 Coors Lights for $11. I did that again. I did it again. I knew I was going to do that. I'll start over. Jerry Dulac, brought to us by Coors Light, proudly served at the Carson City Saloon on the south side, featuring five Coors Lights for $11 during all Steelers games. Jerry, how are you today? I'm good, Adam. Isn't that what you said the first time? It is exactly what I said the first time. I am incapable of learning from my mistakes <laughs> i'm good how are you i'm all right man i was worried about you though a little bit and i'm gonna be honest here i was a little uncomfortable listening to the noon hour of ben's and jerry on uh, steelers nation radio yesterday uh, did you and tim come to blows is everything okay are you guys friends again yeah we we've been friends uh, you don't hear me raise my voice too often uh, but uh, at least to that level for that continued period of time uh, the discussion was going nowhere because it was apples and oranges. Tim had an opinion, and I was just giving him the reality of the situation. And uh, we seemed not to be on any common ground to the point that I said to Tim, if you heard, which I know you did, I said, ah, you know what, I don't want to discuss it anymore because it was we're just going round and round. He wanted he he had an idealistic view of it, and I had the reality of it, and uh, that's the way it was. But Tim and I, uh, we always have a good discussion, and. Uh, what I like about Tim is he has a he has a one million more opinions than I, and that's good. Jerry, should the National Football League change the process of reviews 
to make them the same as challenges? Well, I don't, you're talking about two different things because, um, but so, so let me say this, Adam. The league is worried about the unnecessary delays, and, and they are going to have that with replay. They understand that. But they are trying to, they are cognizant, as you saw this year, with limiting the time from the kickoffs and the point after touchdowns and, and coming back from commercials. Just little things they could do to not let the, the, the game drag to the viewer who then can get fed up and turn it off. The last thing they're going to do now is, is complicate and kind of elongate the official review. It, it doesn't matter in those instances what the coaches think. It only matters what the league is looking at, and then they tell the coaches. It's different from a challenge, of course, where, uh, you know, the coaches challenge a specific play. And so now if Tony Corrente or whoever the, whoever the referee is, is in conversation with New York and then he says, hold on, I'm going to go explain this to the two coaches, what we're looking at, well, now you're just, you're, again, you're elongating the process. I'm not saying that won't happen, but there's really no, I, I mean, the, the coaches might wield some, some clout to say, hey, look, we would like to know. But best I can tell, it hasn't cost anybody yet. And um, I, I give the officials credit for telling Mike Tomlin, and I'm sure they told Bill Belichick, but telling him what, the, what could happen here so they knew, whether Mike Tomlin knew or not, I'm sure he does, but it's a little refresher course for him. So I just, I just don't see that happening, Adam. Do you get the sense, Jerry, that they were reviewing whether or not he was down and then stumbled upon the fact that maybe he didn't have control of the ball? I don't think they were reviewing anything other than they were reviewing a touchdown. Okay. And then and knowing that he fell to the ground, yes. I mean, obviously, they're looking at that. But initially, I don't think they were thinking, I wonder if he caught that ball. Oh, of course it's possible. But, you know, Tim, I, I mean, uh, Adam, when I heard – the replay uh, and and the the uncut version of Tony Romo and Jim Nance, um, they probably went on for almost two minutes, thinking that oh you know he's good that's good his knee wasn't down, and and until they were told what they were looking at, even after seeing that replay twenty times, they didn't catch on until they were told what they were looking at. So my guess is that that most people probably were not looking as to whether that ball got jostled when he uh, when he hit the ground i think they you know they just thought okay they're reviewing it and this is going to be a touchdown so i i don't think it was anything specific like with it was somebody thought we better make sure he caught this because i saw the ball wiggle i think in the process of reviewing it you know they they're looking at everything they're looking at everything jerry were you at the coordinator scrums today were you there whenever todd haley spoke I was not, Adam, because uh, I uh, because of uh, me going out of town for the Christmas holiday. I have some things to take care of, so uh, I uh, was not there today. I missed it for the first time this year. See, it's okay because they're playing on Christmas. You got you got to find some time with the family, right? Absolutely. While the rest of you are off on Christmas and watching and listening, I'll be down in Houston. Ray Fittipaldo. What, from... what did he say? What did he say? Well. <laughs> I didn't know how to take it. That's why I was going to ask. Ray Fittipaldo, uh, your, your cohort there from the Post-Gazette, tweeted out that Todd Haley said the second down play to Hayward Bay had to be incomplete or out of bounds, and that's obviously the case. 
Uh, I'm wondering if Haley gets fed up with the constant badgering uh, by Ben Roethlisberger, the passive aggressiveness that I've always kind of found pervasive from Ben towards Todd. Of course he does. And, uh, and, and it's bothersome not only to him, but to others in the organization. And, uh, and then when, when Todd Haley airs his gripes, uh, uh, you know, quietly in team meetings, you know, his complaints, uh, then some people get upset by it. In fact, some of the very same people who say things publicly. So absolutely he does. Does he let it? I mean, he understands, you know, today's athlete and what goes on. Uh, but yeah, it's, you know, he's, he is certainly not the type to, to, uh, not just let it roll off his back, but he moves on and he works well together with Ben, uh, despite some of the comments you hear. But I can tell you, you know, um, one of the things I was told a long time ago, Adam, is that Ben doesn't always like when somebody tells him what to do and Todd's not afraid to do that. And, um, I think uh, I think uh, people understand the people in the organization understand what's going on when some of those veiled comments and threats are made about not coming back. Uh, sometimes, you know, Jerry, if the Steelers are going to lose on Christmas Day, what's going to have had to have happened for them to lose that football game? Well, they're going to they're just going to have to turn the ball over. Uh, they're going to you know throw you know five picks, some scoring returns. I, I, you know, and it's not just the fact, look, this isn't the 2002 Texans, but right now it's quite conceivable, even with Cleveland, that they are the worst team in the NFL. Uh, they can't score points. They can't stop points. Um, you know, they have so many guys hurt. Um, their quarterback play is, you know, just average at best. Um, you know, DeAndre Hopkins will have to have some big plays. We've seen those against the Steelers. But, you know, after that game on Sunday, uh, there's a reason why this team has tied for the best record in the AFC. There's a reason why they're 20 and four in the last 24 games is because they are tough-minded and they don't let things bother them and they bounce back uh, when they either lose a game or have a bad performance. And that was not a bad performance. Adam, look, we know uh, they won the game, but that rule cost them the game, and so it's a bad rule. Um, they did what they needed to do, and if Jesse James doesn't drop the ball, which is how it'll go down in the record books, um, all the discussion about Darius Hayward Bay, uh, Gronk's fade pass, uh, you know, the, the, the interception at the end, you know, trying to jam it in there to Eli Rogers, all that wouldn't even matter. All that wouldn't be discussed because the Steelers did what they had to do. It just got taken away because of a, of a bad rule. So, excuse me, I fully expect them uh, to come out and play very well because, you know, and, and it, uh, they, they've shown that all year. People who think, oh, they're going to be down or let down, that, they're not wired that way. Um, they That game will be behind them, and they'll go out and do what they have to do. Jerry, really appreciate the time, man. Enjoy the holidays. Adam, thank you, and I'll talk with you next week. Yes, sir. Take care. Jerry Dulac of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette and the Steelers Radio Network did not reciprocate my holiday wish, though. He did not. Uh, that's, uh, that's a little upsetting there, Jerry. I mean, I'd like to have a Merry Christmas, and now I will not because you did not wish me one. Unbelievable. Ah, just typical. Not getting the Merry Christmas wish. He might not know my denomination. He might think that because I went to Ireland, I'm expecting a happy Christmas. He might think I might be Jewish. 
You got to be careful this time of the year. You do. You do. You won't offend anyone. That's 2017. You can't possibly say Happy Hanukkah to someone or Merry Christmas. You might offend them. Yeah. Ah, a bunch of snowflakes out there. That's Jerry Dulac, sponsored by Coors Light, proudly served at Carson City Saloon on the south side, featuring five Coors Lights for $11 during all Steelers games. Of course, we are at Buford's Kitchen. Terrace on 5th. Right across the street from PPG Paints Arena, Penguins, Blue Jackets tonight. Come on by and drink some Bud Light here with us. Trust me, we're putting a few back right now. It's a big day on the Crowley Show. Huge day. Dan Lebetard show. Got a big mention there. We'll reset you on that when we come back. And also at 5.20, tell me, this guy doesn't like to put down a couple of Bud Lights. Jeff Reed, former Steelers kicker, will join us. You're listening to the Crowley Show.